Welcome to the Inside Edge. It's a bit of a different show tonight. I'll tell you that right off the top because Jody Shelley is on assignment, as we like to say in the business, which is really just a way of saying he's not here tonight. He's off tonight. So it's just going to be me, but I've got some great guests lined up for you. We're going to hear from Blue Jackets centerman Sean Corrali and also from Director of Player Development Rick Nash. The Blue Jackets playing some much better hockey as of late. You know, they beat the Winnipeg Jets at Nationwide Arena to finish off a homestand. They went on the road. They beat the Dallas Stars in the first game of a two-game road trip. They rallied from two goals down and forced the Arizona Coyotes to overtime before losing 3-2. to two. But the Blue Jackets have really started to figure something out right now. And the players will say, we're just playing a much more simple game. Yeah, they are. They are playing a much simpler game, and it is having a very good effect on what they're doing. So the Blue Jackets are back in action tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena. They will take on the Minnesota Wild. Last night was a really special night for the Blue Jackets because the Blue Jackets Foundation had their annual fundraiser, the Cannonball. And the Cannonball was back in full force last night. Uh, last year, there was one. It, again, we were just kind of coming out of the pandemic, so it wasn't as big as it normally is. Uh, we were just kind of dipping the toes back into the water. But last night, it was back in full force, and it was great to see. So great to see the community come out and support the Blue Jackets and the Blue Jackets Foundation and the causes that the foundation really supports. And one of the biggest causes is pediatric cancer. And last night... It was so impressive to see a couple of the cancer heroes come out on the stage with the entire team. And I I mean the entire team. Everybody was there. Whether you're healthy or you're injured, everybody was in attendance last night for the Blue Jackets. And those cancer heroes came out there. And uh, Lila Urbanic, you may remember her if you were at the Hockey Fights Cancer Night here at Nationwide Arena against the Philadelphia Flyers. She is a cancer survivor. And she sang the national anthem that night. She gave the most eloquent speech for a 12 or 13-year-old, whatever she is now. She is much younger than somebody that gives a speech as elegant as she did last night. Uh, She also did a duet with the headliner, who was uh, Neil McCoy, a country star. She did a, a... a duet with him on stage and it was just a it was a great night it, it's great to have so many people back together in the same place supporting the same causes so i uh, just want to thank everyone that was there if you were there i hope you had a good time uh, but thanks to all of the sponsors and to those of you that give to the blue jackets foundation because it is such a worthy cause and it's a great night to kind of step back and remember that there is much more to the columbus blue jackets than just the wins and losses on the ice. So much more in what is put into this community to make it a better place. That was Mr. McConnell's vision when he got the Blue Jackets, and that mission still continues to this very day. All right, I'm going to bring in our first special guest tonight right after I tell you about this. New 2023-2024 Blue Jackets ticket plans are on sale right now. They're starting at just 11 games, and you can choose the seats and the games that you want and save up to 28% in the process. For details, go to bluejackets.com slash ticket plans. And you want to get those tickets to see the guy I'm joined by right now. Blue Jackets centerman Sean Corrali is with me here on the Inside Edge. I just want everyone to know that he agreed to do this show when he found out Jody Shelley was off today, and he was quick to jump on. So I really appreciate that, Sean. <laughs> I got I to gotta carry uh, carry what Jody usually brings to the show, so... So I know I was I was chirping him off air, but on air I'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not much of a chirper. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, not when I'm mic'd up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I got so speaking of that, um, I want to bring up this past road trip when we're in Dallas, and uh, Jamie Healy, the head equipment manager here, had your jersey in the hallway, and Johnny Gaudreau wasn't there, so he's putting the alternate captain A on your jersey and you came out of the dressing room and you saw it and I forget who you were talking to but I heard you say ah uh, I be, I've got to be responsible tonight I can't be a hooligan now <laughs> and ironically there wasn't a, a penalty for a long time in that game but guess who got the first penalty in the game it was me, you <laughs> me, me yeah and probably uh complained about it after um I can't remember was it the Dallas game yeah the Dallas game it was oh, uh, it was a slash yeah yeah, yeah. didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> of course come on 
There's only two times this year. I've got a few, a few too many penalties. I, um, you know, we're working on it, but um, that I've went to the box without complaining. So it's like when, when you say you're working on it, it's uh, it's like in slap shot when uh, Paul Newman they're they're at the Aces, they're at the bar there, and he's sitting there just having a good time. And some fan comes by and he goes, "Hey, Reg, you got to get that power play going." And I, it's one of my favorite lines. He just goes, "Hey, yeah, we're working on it." Yeah, <laughs> right. Same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. You're working on it. Subconsciously stole it from that. <laughs> yeah, on it. Uh, there, you know what? I don't know how many times you've watched that movie in your life because I've watched it a lot. There's a lot of times that lines subconsciously come yeah. out of my mouth yeah. that have to do with that. Yeah, and, I've seen it a few times. And, and most of them I can't air on this show, but <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but let me ask you about getting that A put on your jersey and a Blue Jackets jersey. At that, I mean, you came back here last year to play for your hometown team. I know you wanted to bring all of the experience that you got in Boston. You want to be a leader on this team. And it, you don't have to have a letter to be a leader. But what does it mean for you when, when you see them stitching that thing on there? Yeah, listen, I've, um, you know, I've played with a lot, of, a lot of great leaders and had a ton of respect for a, a lot of these guys that have, have had those letters on their jersey. And, and I realize there's there's a big portion of our leadership group out and um and and we've got some good ones and, and we miss them in the locker room and on the ice um, between Zach and Gus and, and Johnny recently um but I've you know I, as you go through the league you realize those those things aren't aren't handed out very often and, and whether it be for a couple games or not um it uh it's definitely a huge honor um there's a group of guys in there that um you know it's it's a younger group and um, it was. It just so happened to, to fall on on my shoulder that night, and um, just an honor. You don't you don't take lightly. And in a Blue Jackets uniform, I'm from here. It's my hometown. I love this city. Um, I never want to leave this city, this team, this organization. This is kind of where I feel like I want to be, um, and where I've wanted to be. And, and now you know we've got. We feel like we've we've got a little bit of a, a responsibility now to to produce a winner for this city, and and obviously a bit of a you know a, a tough year for us, but we're. Um, you know, we're looking forward and, and knowing and, and realizing that we're going to have new expectations for our team and, and for this team, and, and they're going to be to to win games. I was going to ask you, how hard has this year been on you? I mean, because you came – when you came here last year, you knew that this team was a little bit in transition, but I, I stress little bit in transition. And then uh, Johnny Gaudreau signs this past summer and – everybody all around town. I'm sure you heard it all summer. You know, people were so excited, maybe the most excited that they've ever been here uh, about the upcoming season. And then it starts off kind of rough. I mean, even when everybody was healthy, it didn't get off to the right start. But then Zach Wierenski's out for the year. A couple of games later, Jake Bean's out for the year. Adam Boquist is out for eight weeks. Nick Blankenberg's out for eight weeks. That's four of the six guys that started on defense on opening night that are now gone for two months and two of the other ones are gone the entire season. Uh, Justin Danforth is another guy that, uh, you know, plays like you, hard nose, uh, just goes in there and does all the dirty work. He's out for the year. All of this stuff happens within the first month of the season. And and you've been in this league long enough to know that you just can't sustain that much. Like, you know at that point you're thinking, well, I hope we can find a way to make the playoffs. But in the back of your mind, you know, this is probably already fate sealed right here. The second Z goes down, I mean, it's um... – you know he's he's just such an impactful player, and he eats so many minutes, and and leads our power play, and he's a leader in the room. And um, you know, I I, w- I was out for that game, and, and I just remember looking at it, it was me and Jakey uh, Voracek sitting in the and who who we haven't mentioned, um, sitting in the locker room, and just looked at each other and go like, there was nothing we had to say. We we kind of knew you kind of know what that means when he goes down. It's it's going to be an uphill battle, um, and not to mention the guys you said and on D, it's it's. It's massive losses, and then Danforth. I mean, just off to a great start. Played great for us last year. Up and down the lineup, can kind of play where you need him. Just kind of a, a Swiss Army knife in that, and and a guy that I think we missed a ton this year, maybe overshadowed and 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 all those injuries. But a guy brings it every night. Um, so we'll, I mean, all those guys. We'll look forward to having them back next season, and maybe late in this season. And um, yeah, like like we said, it, it still didn't get it off the start we wanted, but we're gonna have. I think we're going to have some new expectations for ourselves and, and um, you know, some of the, you know, obviously it's been down for a while, but I, I think, you know, we're going to you know start to be it. It's next man up. We have guys go down and it's going to happen. Um, you know, we've, we've weathered it this year, probably heavier than we'd like to and heavier, hopefully heavier than we will have to, but 
there's still going to be guys that go down, um, you know, at some point. And the, the only way through it is, is just next guy up. So we're going to have to figure out how to do that. And we will, um, we've, 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 you know, uh, trial by fire this year, but hopefully it, you know, gets better and, and it will get better and, um, you know, take our lumps this year, but, but, you know, a lot of lessons and a lot of learning. You mentioned Jake Voracek. He didn't go down in that initial wave, but in Finland is when he got hurt, and then you know his season has has come to an end too. And that guy, you're right. We didn't mention him, and it's it's really funny because he was leading scorer last year on this team. I mean, he, he didn't have many goals, but he had uh, assists all over the place. And uh, it it's not just his points; it is his. It's his veteran leadership. Now, his when I say leadership about him, it almost makes me laugh to myself because he is a leader, but it's it's different. It's not like uh, if you're looking for a presidential leader, that is not Jake Voracek. If you're looking for a comedic leader who uh, will quickly turn that off and get serious on you when he has to to shock you to attention, that's the kind of leader he is. How much have you guys missed that in your room? Massive, massive. And, uh, you know, you don't run into you know guys like Jakey aren't grow on trees it's not uh you know you kind of see the it's easier to be the more serious leader or the more uh leader that you see so often but dang what an important guy in our locker room and on our team that um i i mean just in just in a year and a little bit i feel like i've I've tried to learn as much as i can from him he's just got so much experience and knowledge and um you know he really sees the game and and i think life in general from from a high altitude and um, he's really good at that his perspective is great i think uh, obviously, we don't. I mean, his game you guys can see, and, and he's he's got vision. He's smart. He, uh, he just. I think the thing I respect and love about Jakey the most is just how he every day. It's a hundred percent every day, and um, on the ice, and, and he boils over sometimes. And and I think guys love that. Guys feed off that. So you like you said, not uh, not presidential, um, but uh, darn effective. Darn effective. That that's <laughs> that is the best way to put it. But he's he's old time hockey. He has that ability to have fun. When it's time to have fun, let's have a lot of fun. And when it's time to be serious, let's be really serious. Yeah. And he gets guys and and that that kind of guy, I mean, that get your ears perk up right away when when that kind of guy starts to get serious, it's you know it's time to get serious. He's not uh you know, he's not um the guy that's always serious. So the second second he says, "Hey boys, like says something in the room or it's it's all ears, uh, all ears all eyes and um yeah, we miss Dang, we miss uh, we miss Jakey, um, but I think you know we can take some things he he uh, learned from us, and you know hopefully get him back at some point or or whatever whatever seems to be the case with that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a guy we miss. You've been in the league a long time, or long enough for me to ask you this: Are those guys disappearing? How many of those guys are remaining? Is that it, I mean the whole the whole game has just changed. I mean the. You know, guys, it used to be you played hockey, and then in the summer you took a lot of time off, and then you came back and played hockey again. And, and now it's it's 12 months a year. It's a, You take very short breaks in the summertime. You know, some guys maybe take only two-week break, and they're skating again. And um, it's it's just a lot of it has changed. And will that attitude can, – can that attitude that Jake Voracek has be preserved within the game? And how important is it that somehow – even if it's altered a little bit, that it is preserved. You know, I think that's a good point. It, it's probably going to alter a little bit, um, but but what what you know, JQ is kind of you know, it's he really let you know in the summers it was a it was a mental break and and, and the seasons get long and and arduous and and tiring and he he really did a good job stepping away and he came back with with energy like a ton of energy all the time. He he had his he had his jump and. There's something to be said for that. Um, you know, so, sometimes today it's, you know, you can you do this 365 days a year. At some point, um, you know, you hit a lull and, and you're a little tired or, or whatever, and um, you know, it becomes it becomes you know more like a job than something you enjoy. I think so. That's that's kind of I think you know his angle was um, he'd probably you know tell you better than I am, but um, he'd get away, he'd, he'd relax, he'd let his mind. And he always thought his mind was the most powerful thing he had, so he he used it well and. I think he's, he's taught some of us and, um, you know, some valuable lessons in that, that um, getting away and can, can be just as effective as um, your body, uh, your body, you know, we're all, so we're all, everyone's into doing, you know, um, you know, nutrition and sleep and workout and 
um, you know, corrective work and being healthy. And, and of course those are important, um, big time important, but I think there's a balance there. I think there's a balance there with, um, you know, leading a, a somewhat, you know, as most balanced life as you can in, in, a, in a life that, um, you know, you're excited about and you get up and you're not, you know, um, looking at it as, as work, but looking at it as, as enjoying it. And I think that's important. I always say this is better than having a real job. <laughs> I can agree with you there. I'm talking right now with Blue Jackets centerman Sean Corrali. We'll be back to continue this conversation as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. I am talking with Blue Jackets centerman Sean Corrali right now. You know, with all the changes that have taken place throughout the course of the year, one thing that has been consistent has been your line. You, Matthew Olivier, Eric Robinson. Yeah, there have been times when somebody's been out for an injury or somebody's gotten moved to another line because there was a player out with an injury. But for the most part, you three guys have been a trio all year. And that I guess that's why it should be of no surprise that you are playing the best as a unit because you have more games together than anybody else on this team. But but your line, it is just, you know what, sometimes I'm still amazed when I watch you guys play because you come out in situations and against uh, different teams, you know, and, and I'm thinking, is this the ideal matchup for these guys? And it always is. You guys always make it the ideal matchup. How do you do it? Well, we, we don't. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. We don't. We don't always. Um, you know. Not, you know. I. I, uh, I never remember the bad stuff, Sean. Yeah, don't worry. I know, and, and I, unfortunately, that's what keeps me up at night. So, um, but anyway, no. So, so I look at it a couple ways, and and you know, not many. You know, to to have the consistency of line mates is, is a real luxury, and Lars has given the three of us that luxury. And with with that comes a, a certain level of responsibility that. Um, you know, it's not like it's said, but, um, you know, if, if, if we want to get this consistency, then, then we're expected to be consistent and we're expected to be a line that can be relied on. And, um, like you said, we go out some situations, D zone a lot, a lot against other teams, top lines. And, and it's up to us to, to, I mean, first of all, keep the puck out of our net, which we, I think, you know, the last little bit has been, has been, I've liked, you know, a lot more of what we've been doing it. You know, there's some rocky times early, um, with the whole team, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a certain level of I think the three of us, uh, Robbie, myself, and, and Ollie, we we know that if we want to stick together, we're gonna have to get the job done. And Lars has given us that. Um, and like you like you can see, uh, you know, in the NHL, that's 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 you're lucky to have that, and that's a tool that you can use um, to your advantage. That when you're playing against other lines. Um, and like around the league, a lot of them don't have it. Most of the lines we're playing against do have that level of continuity. And, um, you know, that's, that's our edge is, is we're together. We should know, we should be able to communicate. We, we should know where each other are. We like, we have to do the little things. We have to be consistent. We have to be detailed. Um, that's our job. And, and that's what it looks like on this team right now. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're, we're working towards something bigger where it can be, that can be our job on, on a, on a playoff team and, um, you know, a team that's that's winning games. I think you know it's <clears throat> different teams are made up different ways, but some of the some of the successful teams have had have had lines like that recently. And uh, credit to Robbie and and Ollie, they've both been playing really well the past couple of weeks, and um, you know make it easy. And Robbie's just got a ton of speed, and he and he's quick, and um, just last, adds a different dimension than myself or Ollie. And then Ollie's you know adds a different dimension than me and Robbie, and he's and he's tough and and strong and he's been holding onto the puck down low well and um you know bringing the puck to the net finishing his checks and being physical um so those two guys it's it's a it's a you know three guys that are not similar um totally in how they play but find a way to to try and play together and and i think you know we're finding our way a little bit i think i think we've got some more to give um you know where we can i don't want to you know offensively I, i think we'd like to continue what we're doing and build upon what we're doing recently um, it wasn't coming as much at the beginning of the year, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of the goal for us. I think we're always trying to get better and, and seeing where we can get better. And you know, how do we how do we limit you know giving up chances and, and giving up goals? Because because when we give up chances, a lot of time they're in the back of the net because it's elite players. Um, so how do we give up chances and how do we increase chances? Uh, for us, we realize that a lot of the lines we play against don't really want to play in, in or not used to playing in their D zone because they're they're so offensive and. 
smart and strong and skilled. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to use what we've got, what we've been given and, and our strengths and, uh, use it the best way to, to help this team try and win games. And they don't want to get hit. They don't want to get hit. That's <laughs> the best part. Yeah. It's, yeah. it really is. It's, uh, how, how has that changed? Because you, you, there used to be a lot of hitting, right? And now, uh, it, it's more, we always talk about the, the flow of the game, the speed of the game and blah, blah, blah. People don't hit as much anymore. That's why the, the game is able to go so quick. And sometimes you can't hit because teams are moving the puck so quickly. But when you're able to zero in on that D-man and you're forechecking and you're able to, to lay into that guy or just the fact that they know that you could and you're looking to do it, um, how big is that in the game today? Are, are the hits even more magnified if you can get them because nobody wants to take them? I look at it as a, like a little bit more of a war of attrition, like a 60-minute um, you know, if I'm on a four check and, and I, the big ones, they come and they go and, and, you know, you just, you're not looking to, to hurt anyone or, um, you know, sometimes it's, it just comes in a little bit of anger or frustration, but, um, you know, to me, it's, it's every time that D man, uh, you know, breaks the puck out and he wants to go skate up ice and, and a lot of time we get the luxury of playing against, against D men that you said don't want to get hit and that are wanting to get up ice. And if I make it and Robbie and, and Ollie, and if we make it just, you know, 10, 15, 20% more difficult to get up ice, you know, every time they have to go up ice. Maybe by the third period we're still in the game, they don't get up ice, and we do get up ice or, or something like that. And, you know, some of that works better in a seven-game series. It's, you know, one night, so sometimes you're you're going to get burned. They're going to, you know, they're going to have the, the energy, and it's not as much a, a war of attrition. But, um, you know, I look at it as that. Just make it as, as hard as you can every single time on them. Um and so, so eventually, maybe they just, you know, maybe tonight's not my night. Maybe tonight is harder than last night. Tomorrow, you know, next game's going to be easier. Let's just make this one, make this one harder. Um, but I, the, I think checking, checking to me is less about less about putting someone on their butt. It's more about making it a hard game, making them have to work, um, and then putting yourself in a good position too. I, I, if you just bump the guy half the time, it's it's an easier skate back. The little work, uh, Lars always says, little work up front and less less on the back end. When Kent Johnson was playing center a couple of weeks ago, uh, the face-offs is one of the things he really has to improve upon in the NHL. And face-offs is something you're really good at. That's why you and Boone just alternate in the defensive zone. Uh, you know, there's sometimes when you guys ice the puck, and immediately I look and I go, uh, who's on the ice? Oh, Sean's on the ice. It's not a big deal. It's You know, you don't want to ice it, but when you got your best defensive zone face-off guy there, you feel okay about it. Um, you try to help Kent Johnson. With his face-offs, I don't know if you're still if he still works on it uh, at all or anything. But uh, when you take a kid like that under your wing, what do you? Uh, what are the lessons? What do you, What do you try to teach him? Well, first of all, KJ just he's been so eager to learn, which is cool. Um, he's he's um, you know he's so highly gifted and skilled and talented that to have someone you know like be looking to ask you about a skill is is is, is cool. I think it, he um, you know he obviously respects how how we. It's a hard thing to do to win draws in this league. And, um, you know, him coming up, and, and the first step is him coming up and wanting to learn. And um, he does. And he, he was trying to pick my brain like crazy. He's kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, a guy that loves to loves to play the game. I told him the other day, I was watching that, that Netflix series on, on golf, um, Full Swing. And I told him he reminds me of that Fitzpatrick kid who was, like, writing down every shot he ever had. He's loving, like, a little bit of a hockey nerd. And he... And he he loved that, and I, I think I, I respect that quality in, in, in a player. And so he's just trying to pick my brain and, and uh, you know, little things. And um, So it starts just talking about it, really, I think, and um, him saying things that he thinks are working or not working. And, and I think where we get to is, is like, what, what does he think, what do we think his strength is in the dot? Like, what, what can he do better than the other guy right now? And and just stick to that and, and trust it and work on it. And it's, there's going to be ups and downs and, and you're going to lose a lot. And, um, like you said, you win half the time, you're, you're good at it. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of different things. And, and hopefully we can both keep getting better and I'm sure he'll teach me some things. And, and Booner is just, Booner's a really, really, really good face-off guy. He's, you know, what I respect about Booner the most is he's so good on both sides, the, on both sides. And um, strong side is, you know, before I got here, I played with uh, three righty centermen. So I, I took all my draws on the strong side. I was the, I was the guy on the left that I took the draws and um, played with some, some good, you know, Bergeron, Krejci, and, and Coyle are, are, are good righty face-off guys. Um, 
but uh yeah so when you're taking it so now i've kind of moved into there, there's three lefties and, and one righty so now i'm taking a lot more of my weak side so it's been a learning curve for me too is, is those weak side draws a lot of times against you know a good le- uh you know a good strong side guy are, are, are a challenge so i mean we've been, kj and i and we've been talking about it and you know i try and learn from boone too i mean i think if you're not learning and getting better and uh you're falling behind right away right away so um you know myself i'm far from a finished product and um you know, you're always trying to move forward. You got to move the needle. If you're not moving the needle, the other guys are, and and, and you're going to lose lose more than you win. Um, and I just uh, for KJ to know that these faceoffs are, you know, he knows that they're important, um, and they are. And you can see by just how you know, guys are used in the dots, and and a lot of times wingers are you don't really see a lot of weak side draws uh, on some teams. A, a winger will come in and take it on, on the strong side for the weak side centerman. So the draws. I find you win the draw against a good line most of the time. You, you, I, I would wonder what the percentages are, how they dramatically drop from the chances of you getting scored on if you win the draw. So I, I look at that draw, and this is all stuff me and KJ have, uh, well, some of it we've talked about is, is just get the draw, and right away you kind of, okay, my chances of scoring go up, my chances of getting scored on go down, I, I believe, probably a lot. But, um, yeah, it's it's been good. It's been fun dialogue. We, we chat about it. We talk about it. We work on it. Um, and hopefully we'll we'll do more and we'll both get better. Do you have a book on uh, linesmen, <laughs> or do you just have it in your head? I mean, how they drop the puck, uh, where you got to be standing, just because I know that you know enough guys that there are certain situations you know what you're in for before you line up. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, they're uh, yeah, you know they they do do a pretty good job of being fairly consistent. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of them are. There's a few that are have a, their little quirks and are a little bit different. Um, you know, I think. I go at them sometimes and, and um, you know, give them hell um, because, uh, obviously, I want to win the draws. Usually, when I lose, it's not a fair draw. <laughs> uh, but it'll, I, I think I think they know that I respect them, and um, and I think they respect me for the most part. Um, and we just, you know, if, if you have a fair dialogue with them, they'll kind of give you give you a fair shot, and that's all you're asking for. I just I just want a fair shot. And, um, but yeah, there's there's some good linesmen in, in the league, and... and they do a good job, and, and you know it's they're expected to be a robot. And they're they're not, they're not. Neither am I. Um, but yeah, there's there's nuances through each, through each one, and and oh boy, the second I spot a nuance, I'll, I'm all over them. I'll tell you what, especially if it's not by the book, um, they'll hear from me. And for, for better or worse, sometimes I wish I would just just shut up and and uh, and play. But hey, we're working on it. Work in progress. What do you do with the new ones? Because there's a lot of new officials coming into this league. I mean, is, is it like, like here's here's my personality. Like, I I would be like, I'm gonna bully this guy to right off the bat. I'm gonna get what I want, which can go one of two ways. You can either get him to do it, or he can automatically label you his first year in the league, and you're screwed forever. Yeah. How, how do you handle those guys? Uh, yeah. You, or does it come back to nuances? You uh, wait for their nuance. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Well, if I'm winning the draws, he's great. You know, like just keep doing what you're doing. I'm good. Don't kick me out. Um, but yeah, no, we had we had a oh my god, we had a young kid the other night, and geez, he looked he had to be eighteen years old, I don't know, maybe nineteen, and and I wasn't winning, and I didn't like some of the stuff, and boy, was I all over him, poor guy. Um, but uh, we we talked, we we talked about it after, and um, you know, hopefully got got on the same page. But yeah, you you want to make sure they uh, they know you're not going to roll over. Like if 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 something's not going your way, and at least that's how I look at it. There's there's not uh, I'm not just gonna gonna let you know, anything I believe as off the rule book happen while I'm in that thought. Um, and some, there's just some gamesmanship to it to, to make sure that um, I think you, you want them to know that if, if you're being disadvantaged in any single way that, that they know about it and you're not just going to go in there and, and lose draws and, and be okay with it. Um, at least, you know, that's, that's how I work. I, I, uh, I don't know. It's the young, <laughs> the, the poor young guys though, the, the young lineys. it's, it's a tough job and they are, they're up against it, and we're we're some, uh, you know, a lot of us are very detailed, and, and we can get get pretty picky and ornery in that thought. As long as you feel bad afterwards, as long yeah. as you talk afterwards, yeah. it, when the day comes where you just don't care, yeah, that's when you really have to self evaluate. It usually takes me an intermission to come back out and look them in the eye and be like, huh, sorry, man." <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it which goes is, a long way. which is a bad feeling. Yeah, you know, I've been there. I've yeah. come back and said, "Hey." So he did the moment, right? Yeah. But I, ne- I never like I was wrong. You can't say that. Oh no, 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 no! You're never wrong, 
pipe. <laughs> just, just sorry. I apologize, and yeah. and it's probably going to happen again. But uh, I'll at least say sorry. It'll probably happen Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, thank you so much. Always great to chat with you. I appreciate it. You're playing great, man. Uh, you and your line and, and your team overall right now. So uh, best of luck as we go down the stretch here. Thanks for having me, Bob. Anytime. That is Blue Jackets centerman Sean Corrali. Stay with me. Coming up next, it will be Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash, as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. I want to remind you to renew your tickets by March 31st, and you'll guarantee your seats for next season. And act now at bluejackets.com slash renew now to receive significant savings, and you'll have a chance to win one of over 1,200 prizes. Bob McElligot with you. Jody Shelley is off tonight, and I'm joined right now by Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash, because here we are going down this final stretch of the season, and uh, there will be a draft lottery at some point, but want to talk about the guys that have been picked up these last couple of years. And, Rick, I know you've been out on the road recently seeing some of these players. And just first of all, in a season that has been not as planned whatsoever with all of the injuries, uh, the one thing about it is you've gotten a chance to see a lot of young players, maybe more young players than you wanted to, but maybe more young players that uh, you'll find out that, hey, it was great to watch them play in the NHL and evaluate that a little bit. Uh, is that – Maybe as you look back at it, uh, maybe that could be a silver lining when you guys are going into your full evaluation process. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, everyone stays healthy, which usually ne never happens. You don't get to see some of these guys that would be uh, stuck down in Cleveland all year. And it, it's tough to get a true gauge on them, um, you know, playing against other AHL teams when, when you think they might be an NHL player. So the only way that's going to happen is by injuries. And you know, you expect guys to step up when they get that opportunity. Some guys will go a whole career and never get that opportunity, so they really have to seize it when they uh, when they have the opportunity. And you you saw a guy like Tim Burney. You know, he, he's been a player that's been with the organization, obviously, for a few years and, you know, stayed in Europe for a couple of them and then came over to Cleveland and played there and, and then finally got his shot after uh, some of our, our players went down. And he stepped in and, and been incredible, and that's probably to your point that I don't know if we would have ever seen that if, uh, you know, the injuries didn't happen. Yeah, and the thing about him is we've talked about this uh, during the games here. He and Eric Goodbranson work, <laughs> and, 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 and you're right. That's probably – maybe that's a pairing that you don't ever make, even if the guy has to come up for a couple of games. Maybe he doesn't play with an Eric Goodbranson because you're just looking to sneak him into the lineup and maybe you're going to play – four or five guys that night, and he's going to get limited minutes. But he got forced into a big role with a veteran guy who's kind of taking him under his wing, and their styles actually complement each other. For sure. Um, you know, we, we know what we have in Goodbranson. He's obviously been an NHLer for a long time and hard guy to play against. Um, you know, he's going to be physical. He's, he's got a great shot. He can skate. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's tough to, to build chemistry when you come to a new team and then – you get a guy like Tim Burney, who who we knew was was good at the AHL level, good in Europe, you know, good when we watch him in Traverse City at the rookie tournament and in development camps. But then he comes in and they just kind of uh, they gel together, and I I truly believe it's it's just kind of uh, you know fate when those things happen. And you know he he might never get that opportunity, but timing is is everything. And in a career, you you just think where you get drafted, who you get traded to, um, you know, signing as a free agent. And his timing was, was, was right now with all the injuries. And he came up and he found chemistry with, uh, with Eric. And I watch our games now, and, and he, he competes, he battles, and, and he's earned it. He's not, it's not like he's staying around here just because we don't have any guys. He, Tim's truly earned it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't look at him as a rookie anymore. I, just, I see his number, I call his number, and I expect him to be there. And that's exactly what he's done. Uh, let's stay on the defense topic here because David Yurchek has had a great year. In Cleveland, and you know it's funny with all these guys that have come up here, uh, the organization has done I think a really nice job of letting him stay in one place and just hone his skills a little bit. Yeah, I know he was here for a brief stint earlier in the season, but um, you know you got a first round pick and a big guy, and he's having a great season. I can see where there would be the urge to see what he can do in the NHL. But how great has it been that he has stayed there? He's gotten acclimated to the North American game, and he's getting results. Yeah, I think it's a huge part of development um, for for all our top picks and, and uh, young guys to, uh, you know, just go through the ranks and, and, and learn the game and, and be a big part of the process down there. Um, you know, when, when you jump right into the NHL, sometimes it's hard when, when you see some of these guys playing uh, 
seven or eight minutes. Um, you, you know, for, for me looking on the development side, you start thinking, well, you know, should, uh, should David be, be down in Cleveland and be the main guy, be on the number one power play uh, unit and really kind of develop in his game. And I think that's exactly what has happened with David. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy off the ice and he's embracing being in Cleveland. Sometimes you can get mixed emotions with, you know, with top picks once they uh, go play in the HL. But I, I think he's a smart enough guy to know where his future is and how big his future is to this organization. And he, he's done everything um, everything right down there to, to excel his development and, and become a great AHL defenseman. Um, last year, not this past year, but the year before, one of the first-round picks was uh, Corson Kuhlemans as a defenseman playing at Wisconsin. Have you had the opportunity to see him lately? And how's his development going in college? Yeah, I've seen Corson uh, a bunch this year. Um, you know, tons of tons of times on videos and, and lots of live viewings. Uh, it's been fun traveling around to the different NCAA uh, arenas, and, and obviously I didn't get to experience many of them um, playing junior, but uh, there's some great atmospheres. And, and Corson's coming along nicely. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a bigger right-shot D-man with, with a lot of offensive skill. Um, we're, we're working on his defensive game and, um, you know, ma- making sure his compete and his, his battle level is consistent every night. But, uh, you, you know, this is a guy that uh, it'll be exciting to see, um, to get him to development camp in the summer and kind of see where he's at. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the same things and it's cliche. They, they, you know, they got to get stronger. They got to get faster. But it, it's the truth. You know, if you if you put the work in in the gym. And off the ice, and uh, you know, on the ice in the summer, when when you're when you're by yourself and no one's watching, that's what NHL players do. So for me to try to get these uh, kids to buy into that, it, it's been easy with a kid like Corson, and he knows what he needs to do. So um, you know, his season at Wisconsin is, is uh, has been good. He's put up some good numbers, um, but you know, there's still uh, some work to do with him to get him uh, NHL ready, and it's sometimes it's tougher for a D-man as well. You know, it's funny when you say he's a defenseman, he's got a great shot. we got to work on the defensive part of his game. It, common sense kind of says if he's a defenseman, why do you got to work on his defense? But the game has changed so much where the offensive defenseman is so coveted, right? And in, in certain situations, in certain leagues, and at certain levels, you can do a lot more offensively um, and get away with things defensively. There are things in the NCAA you don't have to do defensively that when you get in the NHL, if you don't do them, you're going to get killed. So you've got to – that, that's what you're talking about with that kind of development, right? Yeah, well, I think we saw it uh, the other night with uh, Shane uh, Gossipier, or on my pronunciation's a bit <laughs> off, but uh, that's not my profession. But he's almost like a rover. Yeah. I mean, he's up the ice, he's leading the forecheck, he's 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 back in his zone. Then then watch Colorado uh, with with their D man. They got active guys that that are making it a four man rush all night. They got Fox in New York, who's obviously one of the best D in the league, and it's the same thing. And, and that's where. You know, these young D-men are watching players like this, and, and they, they try to, you know, mold their game after them. But you don't see I, – I guess it's not as flashy for the NHL guys what they do in the D-zone for, you know, most fans. They don't really notice it until you're watching it or, or your team's losing 4-1 and you're wondering why, you know, Kale McCarr can't box out, but he can. So that's that's kind of the difference there. But you're right. It, it's The game's evolved. You know, the stay-at-home D-man – um, who, who uh, shoots the puck off the glass and out. I don't think we use that term as much anymore. Everyone can skate. You know, everyone's up the ice. Everyone can shoot. Everyone can make plays. So in, in the case with Corson, um, it, it's, it's minor detail things in, in the defensive zone, you know, locking on to coverage. And, and at the same time, I have to be careful because, you know, I, I talk to their coach quite a bit, and I try to get what kind of system they're playing, and I ask them after games if they're man-on-man, if they're swarm, if they're zone, whatever it might be. And, you know, I, I'm more focused on his personal development. And, and, and so for me, I have to know what kind of system they're playing. So I'm not getting mad at them at different things. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And to your other point, uh, shot blocks normally don't get highlighted on ESPN. But the defenseman scoring the goal does get highlighted. Probably exactly what you're talking about. You know, Gostas Bear, he's a great example, though, because he was – he was one of the first. I mean, with this new wave of defensemen. Remember when he first came into Philly, he was uh, he was that guy that was all over the place. I mean, he was a star in Philly uh, that very first year. And, you know, now he's in Arizona, but he's still doing the same thing. So, yeah, the times are changing. Times are changing. I always remember when Keith Yandel came into the league. 
and I, I, I might be off on my years. It might have been just after the lockout, but uh, that, that was kind of when all the water skiing and, and the hooking and, and, you know, the tugging on jerseys, that's kind of when it went out. And then, you know, you get a D-man like Keith Yandel that just starts skating circles around people, and then he's, you know, good in his, his uh, D-zone too. So it's, it's funny that you bring that up, that the game's really evolving, especially on the D side of the puck. I am talking with Blue Jackets Director of Player Development and former Blue Jackets star Rick Nash. Our conversation continues right after this as the Inside Edge rolls on on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. I'm talking with Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash. Rick, we've talked about a lot of defensemen. I want to ask you about a couple of forwards right now, and I'll start with a guy that was taken in the second round this past summer, Luca Del Belbaluz. I know he's playing up in Sarnia right now. How is his season going? How is his development progressing? Yeah, Luca's been uh, been really good. Obviously, uh, he he was traded from Mississauga, and I saw him a bunch in Mississauga and been up to Sarnia to uh, to watch him already. Um, you know he he's uh, he, he's a bigger kid with a uh, you know a skinnier frame. It's almost like he hasn't uh, fully built into his body yet. But Luca has has a hockey sense that you can't really teach. You know some some of the plays that he makes on the ice is uh, his vision is is incredible. Um, so I, I'm excited to see on what kind of run he goes on with uh, with Sarnia. But as for his personal development, um, you know it's back to the cliche. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get faster. He's got to he's got to uh, Work on his skating all summer, and and uh, but but obviously he's a second round pick, so there's uh, there's something there with his offensive ability and his uh, his hockey sense is um, is elite. How about the third round pick, Jordan Dumay, who this past week went ahead of Connor Bedard in the scoring in junior scoring. Um, what's this guy have like six hat tricks this year? I mean, every time I turn around and I look at Twitter, he's got three goals, four assists in a game, not in a week, in a game. What's going on with this kid? He's uh, he's a special player. This is uh, this is a kid that you you watch him and and me and uh, Derek Dorsett were in Halifax a little while ago to to catch two games, um, and he, he put up uh, goose eggs both games. So we took the first flight out of Halifax and and got out of there because we were bad luck uh, watching him. But um, you know what? We were watching him in warm up, and he's got this shot that just zings off his stick. Uh, so he so he understands the uh, the release and the kick point of his shaft. Um, he 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 must have some sort of flex on there where he he it just works with the rhythm of of shooting off his uh, off the puck off his stick. And if if you watch his highlights or his goals, almost everything comes from that quick snapshot. And uh, it's uh, it's an old Wayne Gretzky uh, term. You know he doesn't go to where the puck is. He goes to where the puck is going going to be. And 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 that's his game. His his the way he reads the ice and finds the open ice of where the puck's going to go is his uh, his bread and butter. And, you know, he's, he's a smaller body, so back to uh, the, the word of the interview, he's going to have to get stronger and faster. But um, he, he he has some uh, some hockey sense and some skill and a shot that would be tough to teach at, you know, 19, 20 years old. All right, I want to ask you this question because there have been so many guys in that Quebec Major Junior League that have had, like, ridiculous offensive numbers. And sometimes I want to say – does that translate to the National Hockey League? So I'll ask you that, but first got to tell you this little story. When I, when I talk about this, it reminds me of Mark Mathot's first year in the American Hockey League in Syracuse. I'm sitting on the bus, and he's like three seats back on the other side of the aisle, and he is just chirping with Alexander Picard about which junior league is the best junior league. Picard coming out of the Quebec Major League. Mark, of course, played with the London Knights, as you did. And then there's the Western Hockey League. But these guys would sit and go at it about which league was better and why and who has a chance of really being a star coming out of what league. And uh, and I bring it up because it still makes me laugh because that day I thought, this Mathot kid is going to drive me crazy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand this guy. And I tell him that every time I see him to this day, and I love him. <laughs> but, but really, in all seriousness, like, what, what, what are the differences, and will those gaudy offensive numbers transfer to the National Hockey League? Yeah, it's it's funny, and I can I can tell you that argument still exists around the players and management and coaches. There's still uh, you know bias towards probably what whatever league you grew up watching or or whatever league you grew up playing. Um, but yeah, you know the. 
the uh, the Q the Quebec Major Junior League where uh, Jordan's playing has has always been known for for high numbers and you know it, it's tough to see if it'll it'll relate. I, I think there has been players that put up huge numbers and and it didn't relate. Uh, we don't like to look at those ones. We like to look at the guys that became uh, NHL stars and and try to project him that way. But it's a fair question because I I, I like to pick Yarmo's brain on this stuff. I like to pick uh, Villy's brain on this with these guys have been watching these players for years and then see how they adjust to the NHL and and for me I have a small sample of it after you know this is my second year doing the development so it's kind of fun for me to watch certain players and then see how that game in junior or NCAA kind of translated to the uh to the NHL um but as we talked about his numbers are historic and, and they're up there with some uh you know hall of famers and, and some great NHL players so you know, it's exciting. He's an exciting draft pick. He's a special player. He's he's a really really good kid. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch him. And, and they got a great team there. So it's gonna be fun to watch the playoffs with him. As you've gone around and you've watched these guys specifically, have you come across any other guys? Because this has happened. Nick Blankenberg is playing here, right? I mean, he came in here like, who's this guy showing up as an undrafted college free agent signee who now is a a fan favorite and obviously a really big part of what this team does with the way that he plays. Um, have you, are there any guys, how often does that happen for you where you go and you watch a game to watch your prospect and then you go, who's this guy? And then maybe you go back again and you go, this guy's still doing that. Is, is that happened to you a couple of times? Yeah, that's, it's funny with, with blanks. Um, you know, obviously we have scout Alex Campbell and, and Basil McRae that does a lot of the NCAA um, free agent stuff. And, you know, they mentioned blanks to me, and, and I was obviously in Michigan. Uh, Ann Arbor was almost a, uh, a second home to me last year watching Kent. So, um, you know, I, I kind of got to know blanks game uh, inside and out. And, and uh, you know, once once the free agent window opened, um, he, he was definitely a guy that, that we targeted. And and uh, I probably had the most live viewings of him. But, um, you know, we, we got guys that are looking at those guys all the time. So, kudos to them but for me I, I'm always having my eyes open and watching guys and you know there's players that I like uh, that you know we, we might offer a spot at uh, development camp or Traverse City rookie tournament or you know just bring it up to the uh, the uh, bring it up the ladder to Basil or Yarmo and and um, you know you're, you're at the games and, and guys will stick out to you and unfortunately sometimes those guys are uh, are drafted by other teams but um, you still you know you put your reports in you, you you get to know them because in this business you never know when a name's going to be uh, become available you know as I sit here and I talk to you about this and, and I watch you talk about it and I can see the passion in your eyes about how much you're enjoying this I can't help but thinking you know for a guy that played as long in the, in the NHL as you did acquired the accolades that you did. You were an all-star. You won a gold medal and all, all these things. And here you are going around to these junior league, these junior ranks and NCAA ranks, and you love it. I can tell. You you just absolutely love it. And it's, um, you know, it's not that way in every sport where the, the star players want to go back to the roots and, and help to develop that next group of star players. Why do you love it so much? Yeah, well, I think I, I think the main thing that I want to do is is bring a Stanley Cup to Columbus. I, I truly think that the uh, the ownership and the fans um, deserve to be on top and, and deserve to get that winning feeling. Um, and selfishly, for myself too, I, I want to win a Stanley Cup. I, I was unfortunate; I didn't get to do it as a uh, as a player. Came so darn close. Came close. So this is the next uh, this is the next best option for me to put the work in to help this organization. And um, you know what? I, I'm not gonna lie. When I'm when I'm in Moose Jaw and it's 10:30 at night and I'm waiting for uh, Denton and Martin to come out, it's and I could be on a beach in Florida <laughs> practicing bunker shots. I, I there's some thoughts up there where, yeah. and then I got to drive the next morning to Winnipeg or Regina or wherever it is. Uh, but you know what? Ho- hockey is hockey's been my life ever since I could strap on skates. Um, it, it's been a huge part of me. And, um, you know, this, this just kind of working my, uh, my way in, into the next chapter of my life. And, um, you know, I love it. I enjoy working with these kids. I enjoy watching hockey. I, I enjoy getting to go to the different experiences. I was at Notre Dame a few weeks ago to watch Corson in Wisconsin and, you know, get to experience the tradition of, of the Notre Dame hockey, um, facility there was great. So, you know, I, I, I love doing it, and, and I love being part of something bigger than myself, which is the Blue Jackets. Oh, that's that's absolutely great. And I'll bet you when Denton Matejchuk comes out at the end of the game, 
and you're waiting for him in the freezing cold. He's pretty happy to see you, though. I hope so. He doesn't tell me that, but uh, <laughs> can't you tell know, you that. You know what? I, I, I guess to play it cool, right? right. Hey, you know, I know I'm a first round pick, but I'm, uh, I'm not overly excited. It's just Rick Nash. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, um, you know, I don't look at it that way, but uh, you know, I, I could see it being that way. But I, I just want to be a tool in their uh, in their toolbox to help them try to achieve their their dream and their goal, which is to be a, an NHL hockey player. You just made me think of one more thing. You're uh, you're doing that with those kids. What about your kids? Like you, Derek Dorsett, uh, Aaron Johnson, they're all playing here now. I mean, uh, what's it like being a hockey dad instead of a hockey player and a hockey scout, if you will? Yeah, well, I hope my prospects listen to me and my advice more than my own kids. But uh, you know what? My, my kids have caught the bug of, of, um, of playing hockey. They, they love coming to Nationwide Arena. Uh, I'm not sure if it's for the snacks and the ice cream or, or to watch the actual game, but uh, you know they're they're diehard Blue Jacket fans and and they're playing in the system and the uh, in the uh, Blue Jackets minor hockey in, in the house league and you know what it's it's fun it's it's fun to watch them it brings back memories of uh, of me playing minor hockey and you know being a hockey dad and grabbing your Tim Hortons coffee and and just and just watching it so. You know, as long as they're happy, as long as they're having fun and, and, and part of a team, that's that's all that matters to me. I would have Aaron and Derek tell your kids whatever they won't listen to from you, and then they should have you do the same because they, they don't – your kid is never going to listen to you. Never. doesn't matter what you did. Trust me, it's not going to happen. I'm learning that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that's right in the middle of it. Thanks for the advice. That's where you got to find somebody else. You have to have that pack there, right? That's and a great idea. You should have Doris do it with that intimidation that he can bring. That would, uh... yeah, my, <laughs> they know they know him as Dylan's dad. So I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous about putting uh, <laughs> Doris and his intimidation factor on on my kids. They're All right, be... maybe that's a few years away. Yes, we'll that's fair. All right, Rick, thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Always fun to talk to you. Thanks for having me. That is the Blue Jackets director of player development, Rick Nash, and that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to remind you that the Blue Jackets are back on home ice tomorrow night at 7 o'clock when they take on the Minnesota Wild. Our pregame coverage starts at 6.30, both on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Bally Sports Ohio. And don't forget Saturday, Kids Takeover Day, face-off against the Edmonton Oilers at 12.30 in the afternoon. I'd like to thank Rick Nash and Sean Corrali for being my guests tonight. That's going to do it for the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot saying thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan.